there is little research on this, so like the stuff that does come out, everyone does seem to latch onto it quite heavily. Like if something comes out and it says your strongest while you have your period, a lot of women would be like, no fucking way, am I the strongest then? Welcome back to the In Situ Collective. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack, I'm the PT. Joining me is my partner, Mac. She is the nutrition coach and soon-to-be psychologist. We have helped hundreds of people reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast is a chat about the journey along the way, lessons learned, teachable moments, and any topics we think that will help you reach your health and fitness goals as well. Do you train around your menstrual cycle absolutely <laughs> good um so i believe we've had questions i've had questions about it you've had questions about it so i figured it's a good way to just jump in and do a little segment on that topic yeah make things a little bit more clearer for everybody so i guess everything i'm going to talk about doesn't only is going to relate to women who are not on hormonal birth control just to start with, straight away. I feel like you have a question. Do you have a question? Yeah. <laughs> so why? <laughs> yeah, I'll get into that. So essentially, if you're on hormonal birth control, think of your hormones as flatlined throughout the month. So you do still get a period sometimes. It's different for everybody because everybody's body is very different. So everybody reacts to the different hormones that are given to you by hormonal birth control differently. But essentially, if you're on hormonal birth control, you don't ovulate, so you can't get pregnant. So you, your hormones stay the same through the whole month. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have a natural cycle, your hormones peak around ovulation and then they dip again and then they peak around your period. Just before we started this podcast, also, we had to, I had to clarify with Jack and any other male listeners out there that your period and a menstrual cycle are two different things, which is fine. I mean... Period is just the common word that everyone uses. So your period is like the window in which you bleed, like the most common known part of the cycle. And the menstrual cycle is the whole 30, 28 to 32 days or however long your cycle is. That's considered the menstrual cycle. And it's actually interesting that period is the thing that most people know when the focus of the whole event, the whole cycle is actually on ovulation. So I'm going to dive a little bit into how you can start to, I guess, self-regulate your training um, around the whole cycle, not just your period. Okay, so women that are not on hormonal birth control, you will notice big fluctuations in everything like strength, mood, hunger, appetite, body temperature, um, ability to sleep well, stamina, everything. <laughs> it affects everything that you do. So essentially, I guess we'll start from day one. So day one of your cycle is the day you bleed. That's when your cycle will start. If you're listening to this and you do want to optimize your training around your menstrual cycle, you have to track your cycle first. You can't just say, okay, I get my period these days because like I said before, it's not just about your period. It's about everything in between and especially ovulation. So you can track your cycle like pen and paper. Um, there's heaps of apps like Flow is a good app, but even the Apple Health app now has a menstrual cycle feature. 
And it's also really useful because you can enter your symptoms and you can keep track of your symptoms and then it's a lot easier for you to manage them because you know what's coming essentially. But uh, and there is little research on this. So like the stuff that does come out, everyone does seem to latch onto it quite heavily. Like if something comes out and it says your strongest while you have your period, a lot of women will be like, no fucking way. Am <laughs> I the strongest then? Um, but there is little research because women's bodies are more complex because we have a menstrual cycle, but there's more and more stuff coming out all the time about it. So it is getting better. <laughs> Um, so essentially you are stronger when you have your period. So generally you probably feel like crap the first day or, and the, the, I don't know, seven to three days leading up to it. But then after one to three days of your bleed, you should start to feel strength. And this is when in the gym you can lift heavier, add more weight, go for PBs, add more sets and reps. Like this is your prime time, I guess, which the whole follicular phase, which is the first half of your cycle. So from day one to until you ovulate is like the gains window for lack of a better term. Okay. Yeah. You, do you have any questions yet? No. Okay, good. So the first half of your cycle. So from the day you start to bleed till you ovulate is when you can make the most gains in the gym. That is also when you use carbs more effectively as fuel which is interesting because your metabolism is a lot faster. Everything's a lot faster. Everything's happening a lot better. Um, yeah. And then once you come up to ovulation and you ovulate, you'll start to feel less of a spark or less of a pep in your step, I suppose, um, once you've ovulated. So from an evolutionary standpoint, I guess, you feel good from when you start your period until ovulation because ovulation is when you can fall pregnant. So you want to, I guess, to make babies, offspring, you want to, your body wants you to feel good and go looking for a mate, I suppose. So think of it like that. And then once you've ovulated, you're no longer fertile. So it's like, okay, we can wait around for another 28 to 32 days until that comes back again, essentially. Um, yeah. So, and then after you ovulate, you, you'll, it'll be like a week or two until you come back to your period. And that's the time when you sort of want to back off in the gym a little bit. You can probably, depends because everyone is so different, but if you are super low in energy, um, you struggle to sleep, like a lot of women have insomnia. So then they obviously can't perform as well in the gym or don't even feel like going to the gym. Once you have ovulated, that is the better time to focus on steady state cardio. So like long walks or like long sessions on the bike. I think the advantage of resistance training is you can still do, it's almost like a steady state cardio if you treat it that way. You know what I mean? Like you can go lighter and more reps in that time rather than in the follicular phase, you would go shorter, heavier, sprint sort of exercises um i feel like i'm saying a lot and you're <laughs> not saying everything there's just a lot to know <laughs> um and then in the second phase so after you've ovulated in the luteal phase fat becomes your fuel so you might start to feel a little bit hungrier which is normal like leading up to your period um 
I often suggest to clients that they actually increase their calories. And I know it's very hard to increase your calories in this phase because you do also hold a lot of water. So you feel bloated. So from the time you ovulate, if you feel bloated until your period, two weeks of the month, that's normal. Like every woman that posts shredded photos on social media is taking those photos between the end of their period and the start of ovulation. So generally you have like a very small one and a half, two week window where you'll be your leanest and the rest of the month, it's just how you're going to be bloated. It's just how it is because you hold on to water. Um, but also right before your period, it's super important to increase your protein intake because obviously your period is a bleed. So you're going to lose a lot of nutrients and iron and it's just, it's a heavy process. It's an energy demanding process. Hence why you need more calories, hence why you need more protein. Um, yeah, I think I've covered pretty much the basics. Yeah. So essentially from the bleed to ovulation is your gains windows when you can increase everything. And then once you ovulate until you have your period again, it's more low intensity, cardio, yoga, walking, that kind of stuff. Mm. And I do just want to emphasize, like, I think it's pretty common for a lot of women to think you just should push through it like push through the PMS and the pain and the fatigue and stuff like that. But honestly, from experience and from working with clients, sometimes if you just take a week off resistance training and walk and do yoga and stuff like that, instead of just pushing through it, you're going to be able to perform and get better gains the following half, the next half of the cycle, because you have rested and given yourself time to get back on top of things and then you can push harder. Whereas if you're pushing hard the whole month, then the the level of intensity you can bring gets less and less every month that you do that. So it is important to listen to it. And I also, one of our clients asked if Jack could write a program for this. Have you had, I'm sure you've had that question a few times. I was going to go into that next, yeah. Um, and you just can't. So because everyone's cycle is so very different. Some women barely bleed at all, some women get no PMS, some women can't get out of bed for two days, some women have to take days off work. It's so varying that you just have to self-regulate. You have to be aware of the symptoms that you get, um, how you feel, if you're hungry, then eat a bit more. Like, like I said, don't push through when you know you're in that phase of your cycle. Prioritize carbs when you should prioritize carbs and prioritize fat when you should prioritize fat. It's just, there's no cookie cutter like program for women. It's just because everyone's so different. So you just have to learn your body and learn your body cues. And then whatever program you have, I'm sure you can adjust it yourself as you go. And if you can't, then you should ask your coach who would likely be able to give you suggestions of like, drop the weight for this week or swap this exercise for this exercise if it's uncomfortable and things like that. Hmm. Um, you pretty much just said exactly what I was gonna say. Oh. <laughs> um, but before we move on to training and I guess my thoughts on it, I just strongly recommend if everybody, like 
all the ladies out there were just like, well, what the fuck just happened? Go back and listen to it again. If you want more, Mac has put this all into a guide that you can get. I think it's what, $5? Yeah. $5 for a whole guide that you, that will explain everything in a lot more detail and you'll have it there forever. So you can refer back to it. I'll put that in the show notes so you can get that one. Um, Now, most of the questions I get around this is, you know, women coming to me and saying, Jack, can you change my program for my monthly cycle? Mm -hmm. And like you said, no, I can't because it would be that broken that you're not going to get any results. So you need to spend three to four weeks in one phase doing the doing something consistently so your body adapts to it gets used to it builds muscle lose fat whatever before you move on but if you're changing that every week week and a half two weeks then you're not really going to get any results so you need to you need that consistency where what it comes down to is like max said um understanding your body this goes for everybody Mm -hmm. i don't care guys girls young old middle-aged healthy hormones, non-healthy hormones, like whether you're on birth control or not, you need to listen to your body. If you're pushing into that pain cave all the time, your, your body can't adapt to it. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna get any results from training like that. And so if you're in a part in, your, in a certain phase of your cycle where you feel like you can't push that and pushing through it just to feel like you're getting those results, then you just keep causing your body more damage and you're not getting results. So, and I say this to even clients that I train in person. If I, I generally ask them, how'd you sleep last night? And if they said shit and I didn't have a good night's sleep, I was up and down, I got a couple hours sleep. And then I'm like, well, we're not training as hard. Mm-hmm. Even though they might feel like they can, I know that their body isn't ready to train hard. And that's just from one bad night's sleep. So. Forget about your cycle and all that sort of stuff. Just focus on how you feel during the day or that day before you train. Um, you do not need to push yourself into that pain and the, you know, I don't know, what do you call it? Get the burn and all that sort of yeah. stuff. You, your body will get a lot more benefit from just, you know, stimulating the muscles. Yes, you want to push hard in that session session and get something out of it, but you don't want to be causing more damage than you need to. Yeah. And I think, yeah, referring back to the women on birth control, that tends to happen a lot because they don't have hormonal fluctuations. So they just push the same amount the whole month around. Mm. And yeah, like programs go in phases for a reason. Like you have deload weeks and everything like that for a reason. It's the same with women. It just happens more frequently than an eight week cycle or whatever the program is. Yeah. So you do definitely need it no yeah. matter what, what male or female. And like you said, you might get to the cycle where you need to take it easy, but you might be feeling good and you have everything dialed in. Yeah. Push a little bit harder. Yeah. But if you get to that cycle the next month and you're not feeling it, then drop it back a bit. Yeah. And I just want to wrap this up with about saying like a lot of people go, yeah, but this late, like, this influencer on social media looks like this all year round. I bet you she's never had a period in yeah, the whole she, time she looks like that. Yeah. Athletes will sacrifice health to be at the top of their game. So yes, they're going to look great. Yes, they're performing great, but they haven't got a healthy body. Yeah. And that that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just the sacrifice they're making because that's what they want to achieve. Yeah. And same people, like when 
obviously guys, this is a lot easier, but for women, when you drop a certain body percent, body to a certain percent- Body fat. Body fat percentage is what I was getting at there. You're gonna lose your period. Yeah. There's just, that's how it is. So it's up to you whether you wanna drop that far to lose your period. You know, there's a lot of trade-off to get that, but again, that's fine if you want that. You've just got to decide for yourself and weigh up everything that you. Yeah. What do you? What's your ultimate goal essentially? Health yeah. or physique? Yeah. They, these people on social media might look great, but I bet you they feel like shit. Yeah. Um, like I've, there's 25-year-olds out there, males, who will give up erections and all that sort of stuff to drop to a lower body fat percentage. Mm. So they literally need to take Viagra to get an erection. And that's a guy in their early 20s. Yeah, that's So crazy. that's a payoff that they're willing to take. And that's a whole nother topic, but you do you and just take all the information in that you can and decide from there. Yeah. Did you know Mac and I have created our very own app? Yes. You can download the In-Situ Collective app for free in the App Store. This is where we put all our good content, all our programs, courses, guides, everything you need to achieve your health and fitness goals. Whether you're looking at building muscle, lose weight, or just improve your overall health and wellness, the app has got it. So make sure you head to the App Store or wherever you get your apps from. Just search in S-I-T-U, Collective, and our app will pop up. Give it a download and jump straight into the guides, programs, or anything you need to achieve your goals. All right, change your pace a little bit. Something a bit manly. Oh, gosh. Business. Now, I'm going to talk about business for two seconds, but bear with me. I'm going to bring it back around to health and fitness. This is just a lesson I learned in business and it was just about goal setting and doing the things you need to and all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, holy shit, this refers to health and wellness probably more than it does business. Because I sort of hold that in a higher regard than business, mm -hmm. which is good and bad in ways. Yeah. But basically, how this come up is Mac and I seem to go through these ups and downs with business. Like we'll have a really good month and we're like, oh yes, shit, we're killing it. And then all of a sudden next month, we're like, what the hell's just happened? Where's mm -hmm. all the money going? Like, so we go through these fluctuations up and down. And I heard somebody talking about this the other day about stop focusing on the outcome and the goals and just do what you need to, to achieve whatever X. You know, if you want 20 grand a month, you need to do certain things every single day to earn that 20, 20 grand a month. Yeah. And what we'd do, we'd do all those things, earn the money, and then because we've earned the money, we'll stop. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, shit. And then we'll start doing it again. And, it, and it just goes up and down. And I was just like, I see this all the time in my clients. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring it up and talk about it with you just because it's a great topic to talk about. Because we always talk about goal setting and... Um, building habits and having that long-term goal and i and i think long-term goals are so much better than those short-term goals because of this so what i want you to think of is think about your goals everybody listening we've got you know what are your health and wellness goals and what does that person look like in 12 months time what is that person doing in that day to be like that whether it's bodybuilding all that sort of stuff so they're obviously doing certain things every single day to achieve that goal. So let's forget about the goal and do the things they're doing every single day mm -hmm. and make that the baseline. 
Yeah, and I think in doing that, it's a lot easier for you to keep doing it because you're connecting the reward to doing those simple things every day. So you're rewarding yourself for eating enough protein, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep rather than prolonging the reward and waiting for it over a two-year period or whatever. You're getting the rewards every single day. So hmm. you're going to do it for way longer. Hmm. And Yeah, and I, I wanted to refer it back to resistance training. We've got a dog walking around on our wall. Um, so I want to bring it back to resistance training. If you look up, can resistance training help me lose weight? Like research papers, all the research papers will say yes. Will resistance training help me, you know, live a longer life? Yes, there is studies out there now to show that resistance training is going to help you live longer and have better quality life. Mm -hmm. So you can look up pretty much anything and say, will resistance help X? And we know it does. So we know that the outcome is there. You've just got to be doing it every single day. Yeah. So remove yourself from the outcome and the goals and the looks and all that sort of stuff. And how about we just do that one thing every single day that's you know you're going to get those results. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes, it's going to take multiple years to get there, but who cares because you know you're going to get there. Yeah, exactly. We were talking to a client this morning at coffee about something similar, I guess, and it's lifestyle and how once you start exercising, then the, the nutrition should follow and the sleep should follow and X, Y, Z. And it is very common that people think that they can just do these things until they get results and stop doing the things and then they have to go through the whole cycle again. But I wish that I could just emphasize that you should look at your goal as a new lifestyle. You can't just expect to take this pill for this amount of weeks and then stop because if you go back to doing the things you were doing before, you're going to go back to the body that you had before. And I don't know, I don't know why there is that disconnection with mm. those two things. You know what I mean? Like why no one wants to sacrifice their lifestyle to get the goal. They just want to temporarily do the things, but no one wants to actually change their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I mean. Like if you think about that person and the habits they do that you want yeah. to be, you start doing them and just remove yourself from all the other, I guess, expectations of that goal and you're just doing what you need to. Yeah. Um, and that's a, another reason why I hate sort of, you know, six-week weight loss challenges and all this sort of stuff. Like you set a time. Like so, yes, you're going to do all these things in these six weeks, but then the six weeks hit. And then like, oh, it's done now. Yeah, what do you do? So it's like, yes, in those six weeks, if you're doing a challenge, build all the habits, but remove yourself from the end goal yeah. and just start building those habits. And then just keep going. Who yeah. says you have to stop at six weeks? Exactly. And like referring back to our business, I just sort of started thinking about, okay, what's one simple thing I can do every single day that is going to help me grow the business? Mm -hmm. And we had this conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago about just adding protein in, doing a morning smoothie. Like they didn't have breakfast at all. And I said, well, how about you try a smoothie? And now that person has a smoothie every single morning. So they're getting the protein intake, bit of fruit, all that sort of stuff in the smoothie. And now that's a habit. Yep. And it's just a thing they do. 
there was no goal attached to it. There wasn't a expectation of it. It's just like, okay, well, a healthy person does this, so I'm going to do this. And because there was no goal or expectation attached to it, he is more inclined to do it because there's no failure also attached to it. Mm. So it's a lot easier to stick with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you do fail, you stop. But then if you have got that timeline and that goal set in your mind and you reach it, then you've almost stopped as well. Yeah. So that's why I was sort of, again, referring back to the business and the thing I learned, I'm like, yeah, let's forget about the monthly income and just do what we need to to build the business because you know it works. Yeah. We know it's going to come, but we've just got to do it. And that's the same for the health and fitness. Absolutely. So whatever you're trying to do, what do you need to do to achieve your goals and just do those things every single day? Mm Mm-hmm. Before we wrap the show up with listener questions, I just wanted to thank you. Yes, you listening. This podcast has been growing a lot over the last couple of months and it is thanks to people like you that have been listening, interacting, giving us questions to answer on the show and giving us a five-star review and positive comment. If you haven't done that already, would appreciate it a lot if you could give us a five-star review, positive comment wherever you are listening to this podcast because that does go a long way to help us reach more people and help them reach their health and fitness goals as well. Thanks in advance and enjoy the rest of the show. Listener questions. Had a few this week. Um, Again, thank you every single person for actually interacting with us, sending in your questions, answering the question boxes on social media. Uh, You'll find me on Instagram is probably the best place to submit your questions is jack l graham you'll find me and and i'm mac underscore in situ cool so here uh, make sure you if you don't follow us make sure you head over there follow us and we put up question box every single week or you can just slide in the dms and hit us up there with your questions cool ready to get into it let's do it so the first question is is there a limit to how much protein you can take in per day (laughs) <laughs> it's, just, it's hard to start with this so is there a limit to how much protein you can take in each day no there's not your body is going to regulate that quite a lot and generally when people are asking these questions it's how many protein shakes can i have in one day okay yeah true. Th- that makes because you know you're increasing your protein by having protein shakes and i'd say <laughs> This is up to you. Again, a healthy diet is going to have you know as much protein as you can get in, um, and you want it from as many different sources as possible. If your only option is protein shakes for whatever reason, whether it's you know you don't eat certain meats or you don't eat meat at all and that sort of stuff, then you know what that's if that's your best option, then yes, protein shakes go nuts. Have as many as you need to get your amount of calorie uh, protein in for how much um, so it's about your height so I'm 182 centimeters so I try and have 182 grams of protein each day now obviously that fluctuates on depending on my goals if I'm trying to build more muscle I'm going to make sure I hit that or more and yeah unfortunately sometimes that's two protein shakes for me plus the other food that I eat top to top that up Um, but again, it's just up to you. Now you can go extreme and go like the carnivore diet where it's meat only. Um, I've never tried this. I don't particularly want to try it. 
Um, but people that I do respect in the industry that have done it say that it is hard to eat food because as we always say, protein is so satiating. Mm -hmm. There's only so much meat that you can eat and your body's going to say that's enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This is actually a pretty common question and I find it funny that people ask is how much protein is too much protein? Like why is protein demonized? You know what I mean? Like it's like if I eat too much protein, will I get bulky? Yeah. Is that... There was a thing going around. I don't know if it's still going around, but it was when I was younger and protein shakes were just starting to come into the industry. Well, I guess maybe I was just starting to take notice of them. <laughs> and there was a thing around having too much protein powder and it can cause kidney stones. Uh. So yes and no, like kidney stones are a sort of a derivative of a protein, but you're not gonna get kidney stones from drinking too much protein. And if you are getting kidney stones from drinking too much protein shakes, then there's something, something going on and we need to look into that a lot deeper. Um, so I wouldn't be stressed about that, but yeah, bulk, like, again, it's just the advertising, like how many bulk protein shakes, like, you know, you've got the muscly guy on the container and if you drink this, you're gonna bulk up and not necessarily. Yes, you're gonna increase your protein intake, so it will help you build muscle. Yeah. Is it gonna bulk you up? Probably not. Mm -hmm, no. There's a lot more to <laughs> So much more goes into it than just a protein shake. Yeah. Okay, the next question is, what music do you listen to in the gym? Um, you're gonna be very disappointed in this, everybody listening, but very mellow stuff. I, I get pumped up by mellow music. <laughs> everybody hates my playlist in the gym, so I'd listen to more like, um, oh, Glass Animals, Old School Lord, um, G Flip, just, I don't know, Hilltop Hoods maybe, that sort of stuff. Nothing really crazy or out there or anything like that. But it's so different in a, in a gym like we go to because, I don't know, you're not like doing burpees and But yeah, it, even stuff. back <laughs> in the CrossFit days when I, like, I had a real hard bloody wad coming up, I'd put on something just... I don't know. I just something a bit slower, just so it's in the background, not necessarily like a pump up song and you yeah. know, real fast beat. Um, I feel like even when I'm doing wads, it just takes me away from that mind body connection too much, and I don't get the performance I like. Mm. Whether I'm doing some hard cardio session or lifting weights, interesting. I just like to have that connection with my body. What about you? Well, I never get to listen to my playlists because no one likes my music. <laughs> what would you put on then? Um, super chill stuff as well. <laughs> like um, Frank Ocean, Dominic Fike, mm. stuff like that, you know. Mm. But yeah, I guess for the same reason. Like I just want to be there chilling. I don't know. <laughs> would I you just... put that on for a CrossFit ward or something like that as well? No, nah, way too chill. Mm. Um I don't know what I'd put on for a CrossFit reward anymore. Probably some like 90s R&B or something classic like that. But still, it's not like techno-y or yeah. you know what I mean? Like what you expect out of a gym. Um, <laughs> the other day when I was waiting for a client, I put on like Old School Lord, like the Royals album. Yeah. And did a few pull-ups, just like a quick pull-up session before they got there. It's probably the best pull-ups I've done in a long time. It pumped <laughs> me up. Inspires you, it pumped me up that much, and I'm like, wow, this is. <laughs> and yeah, that's just 
I don't know, the connection I get with the music as well. Interesting. Mm. Okay, next we have, how do you balance resistance training, mobility and rehab? You don't. <laughs> um, all I'd say is focus on one thing at a time. Um, like even I, I'm a trainer, I'm in the gym all the time and I, I can't balance it. Like I probably spend the most time out of anybody in the public, anybody listening in the gym. I have the opportunity to do as much as possible, but I still can't. Mm. Um, so it's just one of those things. At the moment, my mobility is terrible. If you're watching any of the demo videos and all that sort of stuff on my Instagram and socials, you'll see some of the movements are a little bit, you know, um, sticky, I guess you could say. And they, even some of them, I'm like, oh, should I post that? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just post it because I've done it. But my mobility isn't great because I've trying, I've been trying to build size and muscle and all that sort of stuff. So my mobility's gone down, but that's gone up. Yep. So in the next time, next phase, I'm going to focus a little bit more on the mobility. And that's just how it is. You just spend a couple of months or a couple of weeks working on the one thing. Um, mobility, generally you can build it up over a month. So I just say spend a solid month just doing mobility work uh, sessions, a couple of weeks, and your mobility will go through the roof. Same with your cardio, you, um, your body adapts pretty fast to cardio. So you can sort of do, if you want to improve your cardio, you could just do it for a month and focus on that more than strength training. Um, strength, muscle, rehab, all that sort of stuff takes months because yeah. muscle takes a long time to build and that's just your body, that's just part of being a human. You can't build muscle in a month. It takes months, even years sometimes. So. It just depends on what you want on how much time you've got to dedicate to that modality, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think it's good though, your as bad as your mobility is, your mobility videos, because in reality, no one has great mobility. You Like everyone that posts YouTube videos and everything like that has super flexy mobility and whatever. Even the yoga videos I follow on YouTube, they're always like crazy mobility but then the general public comes along and they see that and then oh, I can't do that I might as well not do it at all mm. whereas at least you're like a normal human amount of mobility you yeah. know what I mean so it's you can relate to it more but then like the yoga instructors spend a lot of time doing yoga and they're very flexy can move in lots of different angles and positions but then you put them under a barbell to, to do a barbell back squat and they've got no strength yeah and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that it's just They've chosen yoga. Like you yeah. need to choose mobility or training or yeah. rehab. I'd strongly recommend dabbling in everything. Even yeah. if you are an, um, a yoga instructor, I'd recommend doing a little bit of resistance just to complement it so you don't build a lot of weaknesses in those flexible movements. Um, but yeah, just focus on one thing. Cool. Okay, this is a oh no podcast recommendations thirty to forty minutes preferably. Um, do you want to go? Well, the only podcast I listen to is the Huberman Lab, and it's like they're like two hour episodes, so that's, yeah, that's what I've got. <laughs> um, so I love podcasts. Um, that's why I started podcasts. So yeah. I do listen to a few. I've listened to a few, and then I don't listen to them anymore. Yeah. Uh, but the main one I still listen to, which is health and wellness, is Mind Pump. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just Mind Pump, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you just search Mind Pump wherever you listen to your podcast, that one will come up. Very similar conversations to what we have about 
just general health and wellness. Um, there's three guys, so they talk about you know being parents and all that sort of stuff a little bit more. So, um, but they do Q and A's as well on their podcast. Uh, you'll get a lot of good information. I'd strongly recommend that one. I don't really listen to many other health and wellness podcasts. Um, the Mind Muscle Project. Which is Australian. Which is Australian. Um, I'd strongly recommend giving them guys a listen, but they do more business type of podcasts True. these days, not so much health and wellness. Still dabbling a little bit, yep. but it's more business-sided. Um, I do love their content. Um, funny business, if you're looking for something just mm. a little bit different. Another Aussie one, uh, the two guys down in Geelong, they're doing, they do a great podcast. They do different types of episodes so it's not just the one genre. They do all sorts of different things. So that was, what did I say, funny business. And I'll just listen to other business podcasts that I won't go into. One that I forgot because mm. it's seasonal. So like she does a season on and then a season off sort of thing is the Food Medic podcast. Mm. So she is a nutritionist, doctor, I can't remember, PT, everything. She's pretty much everything. Yeah. But she does 40 minute probably straight to the point podcast she has really really good guests on the podcast like i guess that's the benefit of doing seasons she sort of lines up a season of guests and then does a good podcast with them and she also does like five minute podcasts to answer direct questions so the food medic mm. i love her mm. <laughs> hazel mm. cool okay last question at what point will sleep start to help with weight loss if everything else is dialed in for example, duration and quality of sleep. Yeah, so this is, I, I'll go just real quick, but um, this is unfortunate because you miss a couple of nights sleep and it can have a huge impact on your, on your health yeah. and your fat loss, weight loss, whatever. But you need to spend a lot of time dialing in your sleep to see any benefits. So yeah, it, could, it can take one or two nights for you to you know, go down the hill, but it can take you a month to try and get back up that hill. Yeah, That's just part, of, that's unfortunate part of sleep. Yeah. I think it's, it is a very difficult question to answer because, mm. so what is it? What point will sleep start to help with weight loss? It's very hard to correlate those two things because everyone is so very, very different. So you have, like women have different sleep requirements to men, for example, if you have kids, you're more stressed, so you're going to need more sleep. You might have a, a light in your bedroom, so your sleep quality is going to be worse. Um, the temperature of your room can affect it, like your menstrual cycle can affect your sleep. The foods that you eat, how late you eat, um, how much light exposure you have had, how much you've trained, how stretched you've been, how much you were. Like, the list is endless. Yeah. And all of those things also affect your weight loss. So it's very hard to say, I've got everything else dialed in. Sleep is the last thing I need to fix to lose weight. And there's no, you can't say once I get eight hours sleep a night for two weeks, I'll start losing weight. That isn't, that isn't a thing. You mm. just have to consistently go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time and do everything in your power to get good quality sleep. Mm. That's it's as simple as that. It's not just something you can flick a switch and be like, okay, I'm a good sleeper now, or I'm gonna sleep well for a month so that I can start to lose weight. You have to sleep well for as long as possible to lose weight and to keep weight off. Yeah, and the, the biggest mistake I see people make is the weekends. 
Mm-hmm. Sleep perfect all week, and then you have two nights, or even three, depending on when your weekend starts, um, of bad not like not even bad night sleeps, but inconsistent. Yeah, and it stuffs you up for the next week, and then you keep doing that. Like I said, it only takes two or three nights for you to slip back down that hill, but then you're working perfectly all week. You get climb that hill, and then all of a sudden you go back down again. So, like I was saying in the last sort of segment, like what does a healthy person do? They're going to get up at the, exactly the same time every single day. doesn't matter if it's a weekend or not because we're removing all the goals and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and they're going to go to bed at the same time. So making sure that you stay consistent throughout the weekend as well. But again, that's just a thing that you have to do whether you want to give up whatever you're doing on the weekend to achieve your goals. Yeah, you just have to prioritise. I did have a thought last night about the weekend how people like to sleep in and we sometimes do like to sleep in as well but why don't people value going to bed early as much as they value sleeping in Mm. you know like oh i really would love an extra hour's sleep i'm going to sleep in until i don't know eight that's a sleep in for us but whatever 10 a.m why don't you value going to bed earlier to get that extra hour's sleep and then you wake up feeling better whereas generally if you sleep in you wake up feeling groggy because You've ruined your sleep cycle, Because <laughs> everybody sees everybody else partying on Friday and Saturday night, and then they're like, oh, shit, I've got to go out and do that because that's what everybody does. True. I forgot that people go out and, and socialise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up there. And again, thank you, everybody, for your questions. Thanks for listening to the end. Obviously, you've got something out of it, so make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member. It helps us grow this podcast a little bit more. And we'll see you all next week for the next episode. Bye.